Cool. Do you want to rock, paper, scissors for who goes first? Okay. All right. Hey, everybody. My name is Eugene Kappen, better known as Kappen Design. I'm an XR evangelist and YouTuber. Um, so I make videos about the subject of XR, which is extended reality, which includes MR, which is mixed reality or hybrid reality, AR, which is augmented reality, and virtual reality, which you'll probably see some of the 360 videos behind me that I've made. This is actually Scobot right here. And, you know, fun stuff. So if you guys have any questions about any of that, I am here at your beck and call for the next hour. Uh, hi. Uh, thanks, for everybody, for coming out today and learning about VR, what we're, what we're using uh, VR for. Uh, I go by the artist name of Scovon. Uh, my first name is Scott. Um, and uh, I have been uh, creating uh, what I like to think of as fine art in VR. That's what I'm using it for. Um, I'm using game engine technology to uh, create this art. And um, I've been doing it for about three years now, so uh, yes, lots of interesting tricks and um, <coughs> things I've been learning, still learning. It's a ever-evolving sort of uh, process, and anytime you're trying to do sort of uh, technology-based artwork, there's uh, definitely the challenges inherent in dealing with uh, computers and things. Um, I'm also the artist in residence uh, over at the University of Washington's Commotion Labs, and uh, where Eugene is set up over there too. Um, He's working on his business and development ventures, and I'm over there trying to make art. So that's what I'm doing over there. But, uh, so yeah, yeah, think about your questions, and don't be shy. Ask questions later. Or if there's something you don't understand, I'm fine answering questions during the presentation. So just raise your hand. I have a quick question. Okay. So XR, does that encompass AR and Yeah, so XR is an... <laughs> I'm a lot louder than you guys are. So XR is a all-encompassing term, which covers... Augmented reality, virtual reality, and hybrid reality or mixed reality. So I, I try to create an everything and anything related to that field. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Um, how, how do you want to do demos? Uh, Ron could pull up videos for you if, if you wanted. Yeah, so you do you have the Super Mario video by chance? Yeah, I, I think if you click next. <laughs> okay, so I took 11 weeks for three hours a day <laughs> to make this minute and a half video of the 1985 first level release of Super Mario. Uh, I then put it onto YouTube. It has over 1.2 million views, and it is my highest rated video today. Um, I actually modeled every single element in this game. I did all the, or the, in the video, I did all the animation work. And the only thing I did not do was the music, which was actually done by an artist named Classy Skeleton Time, or Adrian Ladelia. And if you can, you can actually go check out his work if you go to ClassySkeletonTime.com. Uh, he also has a, a YouTube channel called Insomnia. Yeah. So it's the video's kind of warped? Uh, so this is a 360 video is what you guys are looking at. But when it's laid flat, kind of like when you take a globe and you lay it flat on a map, you know, it ha it's very distorted. And you have kind of this like convex uh, pattern 
for, for the entire world. That's actually what you're looking at, or we're looking at. We're looking at. Now we're looking at. That's this weird thing. On yeah. Um, it was a staff pick on Veer, and yeah, it's it's one of my. What is it available? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's available on my YouTube channel, Studio Cap'n. Um, we ended up getting a brand account uh, because we we sold the first NVR talk show to ever be ordered by a network called Glitched, which I hosted for three glorious seasons. Um, and we are working on some other 360 content that should be coming out before Halloween. Uh, we're currently working on Pac-Man's Haunted House, uh, which I'm really excited. It's all model. It just has to be animated. And uh, my partner in crime, Topher Welsh, will be finishing the animation work on it. And so it should be coming out before the 31st. Is that first-person Pac-Man? Yeah, you know, these are because it is VR... Or it is 360 video. You basically have one of two roles. You have a fly on the wall, which you're watching from a certain point. Things take place in front of you, just like you're kind of watching a, a stage play. Or you have the POV, which is the point of view. And like this, you are very much Mario in this video. You are breaking bricks and shooting fireballs and eating flowers. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Thank you. I'm surprised nobody's done it. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, we, I look forward to it, definitely. Well, I mean, not many people want to put in 11 weeks of work for a minute and a half video. Yeah, but it's a, it just seems like you're, you're in there at the ground level doing kind of these intuitive things that... that well, well I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not the first person to make a first-person Super Mario video on, on YouTube. Uh, there was a, an individual that made one a long time ago. Freddie Wong made an updated version of that for Rocket Jump. And I'm just the first person to take it to a 360 video format. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for sharing. Um, we'll, so uh, we'll leave questions for the end, but uh, if you had something real quick. I'd... I was just wondering if you need like special glasses. So you can actually watch a 360 video on YouTube just in the player, and then you can rotate with your mouse. But you can also use it inside of a VR headset, such as a Gear VR or an Oculus Rift or an HTC Vive, to view it as you're, you're going through it. Or uh, Google Cardboard. Google Cardboard is a great one as well. You put your phone in a cardboard viewer, and uh, you can see three, 360 videos that way, too. So that's yeah. It looks like you pretty much had. Uh, not sure what you have up there, but we can. I can talk about this thing. Sure. I was playing your, your pop art. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I, know, I have others. But stuff. I can go to, to YouTube or Vimeo if you'd like. Um. Yeah. How about uh, Vim, Vimeo? Sure. Um, or actually, if you just want to go to scobot.com, that is all the videos up there. So. Um, so uh, what I'm using, my, my pieces are actually, um, 
interactive. Uh, they're actually they're made with game engines, so you are actually free to explore and uh, go inside them. So this uh, World One was at uh, Seattle International Film Festival this year, and uh, it's actually you, you uh, wear a headset. You have controllers, and you point wherever you want to go, and you fly around, and it's uh, free to explore. Uh, so it's not a pre-rendered; it's a what's called real-time rendering, and uh, it's fully interactive. And so, how I kind of approach, of course, this is like super dark. <laughs> when you have a headset on, like the like the worst one to pick for this, but uh, there's also if, if you want to have some of these in the back. This is kind of some pictures of, uh, taken from inside the board one, so it's on the back there. Um, <laughs> Well, wasn't that also an official selection at SIF? It was, yeah. Yeah, this one. Look at it, even says, I think. Yeah, in case you didn't know. <laughs> in case you didn't know. So, Congratulations. Thank you. So, and this is a 360 video on my website. So, but the actual experience is um, something that's done in real time. Real time. Right Look, yeah, but let me, let me ask you a question. So, 360 video, there's always two different camps is whether it is considered VR or not. Which camp are you in? I'm in the, I'm firmly in the camp of 360 video is 360 video. And, and, and not VR? Not VR, only in that um, I think a virtual reality has to be kind of like a free to explore, go where you want to. Now I think there's some tools coming down the line that can allow you to do that in 360 video, which will be exciting. But in live, in your live demo, were people able to do that? Mm -hmm. Oh, so that you can like walk around the room and stuff? Yeah, it's more, my, my mechanics are more about flying. I'm all about flying. So, sitting in a chair and flying, but you could stand up and actually walk around in it if you wanted to. But the, the basic uh, uh, mode of transportation is, is flight. Okay. Yeah. Down and, you know, these things go on for <laughs> however long you want. There's no time limit for them. Um, most of them do not have audio. Uh, kind of leave that up to the people experiencing it to play their own music. Um, this one, uh, an early piece called VR Painting Number One. Uh, once again, you're free to explore uh, anywhere in here. So this video is taken just with the headset, recording the screen capture with it. But um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what my, my stuff looks like. Uh, anyway. <laughs> do, you, do you want to just go back and forth right now? Because I, I believe uh, Proxima B was available as well, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, music video. Yeah, yeah. So I got to direct a 360 music video with an EDM artist out of Tokyo named Del Zeal. Um, I reached out and I was like, hey, man, I really like your music. Have you ever thought about having a cyberpunk music video before? His stuff was. Uh, very synth wavy, and which is like the perfect medium for uh, the genre of cyberpunk. We'll just play some play a section with audio. Yeah. So this is also 360. Yes. Yeah, this is available on my YouTube channel as well. And Eugene, what were the tools you used for this? Uh, I used Cinema 4D, okay. um, After Effects with Element 3D, and Skybox for from metal. So most of the stuff that I use is available in the Adobe Creative Cloud. Um, I don't know Unity that well. I've never used Unreal. Um, I'm fairly proficient with C4D now after doing so many projects where I had to create 3D objects and import them into After Effects. But 
all of the major animation work is inside of After Effects, which is not what After Effects was originally intended, intended for. Um, but when 360 video tools were first becoming available and people had plugins for After Effects, um, because I was an art director for seven, eight years prior to jumping into XR, I had that skill set of how do I take what I know as a designer and a motion designer and transfer it into XR. And by taking those tools that I already knew and very competent with, I was very easily able to enter the VR market very early without having a huge uh, learning curve that most of the industry had. I jumped in because I had a kind of a background or at least an affinity with game engines. That was kind of, uh, my introduction was kind of like modding game engines back in the day. That was kind of like if you had Quake or uh, <laughs> um, you could actually go in and actually modify the look of that to create your own sort of uh, games and whatnot. Unreal Unreal, yeah. Yeah, so right, right now there's the two kind of heavyweights in the field are uh, Unreal Engine 4 and Unity. And they're both free. And if you make over $100,000 or something on some project, you have to pay for something. But I haven't hit that mark yet, so. Me neither. <laughs> um, but yeah, what's, uh, so a lot of people think like, oh, well, VR, i got to make games or something or whatnot. But it's not. I'm using it for art. And, you know, Eugene's using it for uh, making, you know, music videos and stuff, too. So it doesn't have to actually be a game. It's just, for me, the game engine is the tool in which I can create these interactive sort of things. And uh, there's tons of resources out there uh, for learning how to use the game engines. Um, I started off with uh, Unreal, um, but Unity, I've only been using Unity for about a year or so now. Uh, but it had everything in it I wanted to do. And a lot of uh, creative, uh, creative people are using Unity because the, the barrier to kind of do things is a little bit lower. And uh, at first I was like, I love the look of uh, Unreal. Unreal is gorgeous out of the gate. Like, it looks really pretty. Everything looks great about it. And Unity always looked kind of cheap to me. So I was always kind of like, man, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah, it just it looked, it looked cheap. And I didn't realize at the time what I was seeing was there's just so many people using it that not everybody was, like, trying to make their best sort of thing. So it always kind of had this, like, you know, diluted sort of, like, eh, okay, it looks kind of lame. And then once I started using it, I was like, oh, my God, I can do so much these people are just being lazy. Like, you know, just don't use a default lighting. Come on. Um, so Unity has allowed me to do basically everything in VR that I wanted to do. So I can't just keep using Unity. Um, and there's so many resources out there. And anything that I think of, like, oh, how would I make, you know, search for that. I'm like, oh, okay, here it is. And um, I'm not a programmer, um, but I'm good at copying and pasting and extracting <laughs> code. From You're hacking it. Yeah. Is, is there coding involved with Unity by necessity? Uh, there can be. Yeah, okay. it's, it's kind of, I mean, you are using, you know, it's kind of like um, if you're getting to use like the top level, like as far as the interface sort of thing, sometimes you don't really have to do, but if you start down that road, you're going to want to kind of do some sort of thing because you're like, well, I want that thing to spin. And that's going to be a little script. There are definitely plugins for Unity yeah. that allows you to basically just do node-based mm -hmm. uh, design and coding. That way you're not actually writing any C-sharp. You're just grabbing different elements, tying them in for behavior patterns. 
that's a whole, which is super powerful. Like uh, Unreal is, is set up that way too. And with blueprints. Yeah, but I find that sometimes to be super confusing because it's kind of more abstract and like you gotta know what you're looking for. Like, oh, that's a get. Oh, I need to write get. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, how would I know to write get? Where is that, like it's not listed anywhere. So it's kind of for me, um, I need to actually see the code. And go, oh, I wonder if it's that .75 uh, variable. I wonder if I change that, if that does something. Um, it's really cool when you see the node-based stuff uh, laid out. You can kind of follow, like, oh, how, oh, it's this one here too. But for me, it's a little abstracted as far as like, well, how would I know? What if it, you know, it's kind of a different level of programming. So um, it's super powerful. And for, for people who know what, what they're looking for, I think it's really good. And you have a After Effects. <coughs> Uh, kind of background, and I think that's kind of node-based, isn't it, for some stuff? Um, it can be. I mean, there are definitely, you can go that route, but I never do. Okay. <laughs> I just do it through layers and then a little bit of a action script and okay. stuff. Okay, usually people that I know that have, like, After Effects kind of experience, I always kind of steer them towards Unreal Engine because of the whole node-based sort of layout. I think it's an easier jump if they're not used to programming, hmm. but. Maybe I leave them. Maybe that's the wrong advice. I don't know. <laughs> what, what are some of like if if you if there's somebody who's never created content for VR but has ideas, you know, where where would you direct them to start? If, uh, and it doesn't even have to be the software necessarily. Maybe a, a video or a demo or somebody who can kind of get you started as kind of guide you through the content creation. Process. So I I actually create videos on the subject, so I can you know plug myself. But I was about to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I try to make really quick videos on my second channel that basically outlines, you know, what XR is, like what's the definitions, how to get started, um, what are some great beginning tools. Um, I was actually the first person to ever talk at Adobe on the on using um, After Effects for 360 video content. Is that the one where you did the Star Wars? Because I saw one demo where you're importing Star Wars models. Yeah, yeah, that was just that like was really that was just like a, a test piece that I was yeah. using to to show off to people. Uh, but no, the day that I gave my first talk on the subject of 360 video was I had just released Journey VR on Steam that day. Uh, Journey VR was my very first 360 project um, I've ever worked on. Um, I had an agreement with Seattle Fashion Week. They wanted to bring this new technology called virtual reality and 360 video to their fashion world. And I was like, what's the subject? They're like, dealer's choice. I'm like, okay, I have 30 days. What can I get in 28 days? Because they have to like approve it. And so I worked 8 to 10 hours a day for a month. And I got this project done called Journey VR. Uh, it's available for purchase on Steam right now. It's also for free on my YouTube channel if you, you know, just want to see it in a 360 video capacity. And what it is is you are in a pod, and the pod gets shot out into space, and you go through like an asteroid field, and you go through planets, and you get shot out of a cannon, and there's like a light show near the end. It's like a eight to ten minute experience that is just very, um, very operatic. Like, Adrian Ladelia again, did the music for that project. I tend to use him a lot. Um, and he just 
I remember going, hey, can you write the music for this this 360 video piece I'm doing? He goes, well, what do you want? I'm like, I want something operatic, but, you know, video game-ish. And he goes, kind of like the Halo theme? And I went, yes, I want that. Can you make me, like, our own Halo theme? And 20 minutes later, he had a three-minute piece he sent me. And I'm listening to it. I'm just, like, bawling. And stuff. I'm like, so beautiful. So perfect. So... You know, he just like automatically hit it on the head as far as uh, what we needed to get this project done. And it was really well received at Seattle Fashion Week. And then it got picked up by SIF uh, a couple months later. And then it became a staff pick at Veer and Adobe. So, so the, and that le- led to me speaking there. So the question about like how would somebody start a project or is that what... Yeah, yeah. If, if you got a few uh, comments on that, well, do you have a do you have a concept in mind? Because sometimes it's a little easier to get to guide if I know what, what the end result. Is. Well, I think for me, my experience was uh, after trying VR, I started to see all these different you know forms of entertainment and, and video okay. games, and think how could that be applied to VR? And and so you get these ideas, but you I, you know in my my case, I just feel like the barrier to entry is too high. What, what, what feels like the barrier for you? What's the? I I think that there is coding involved. You know, honestly, I was gonna get a 360 camera and Adobe Premiere. That's it, and then you can export it as a 360 video, and you can put it on YouTube, and then you can view it on your cell phone. That is the bare minimum. Of course, I would say to get the free version of Unity. <laughs> um, and uh, there's so many just examples that are free out of the box, like VR viewing. Like, you do have to have a headset. I mean, that is kind of like, you do have to have that. Um, it's, is there a place where people post, I, I'm not sure what a Unity file type would be, but where they post, you know, for example, something you can download and then sure, that's view? Oh, just off the Unity store. Yeah, so, you know, so a lot of the headsets have their own uh, kind of marketplaces. So uh, Oculus uh, has their home sort of uh, where they sell. SDK. Yeah, their um, uh, people post on their Steam. So they um, so HTC Vive, uh, they have their own market as well. So yeah, there's tons. That, there's tons of uh, <laughs> content out there to check out. Um, I'm always from kind of the creative side of it, so I'm always looking for like tools and. Um, I'm always fascinated just by the whole process of making it. So I'm kind of like the worst uh, consumer of VR because uh, I'm always just busy making my own stuff. Um, but the game engines, the, the barrier to entry is actually pretty low. And there's a lot of ex- example files that come with them. So, I mean, you have to kind of get into the realm that you're working in. But uh, a lot of stuff can be just modified and just switching out assets. Um, if you have a headset, you probably have access to the creative apps, which we haven't really talked about. So like uh, Tilt Brush, a lot of my stuff is built with Tilt Brush, which is a dimensional painting program. Um, and that's kind of the thing I, I throw people in first when they haven't tried VR. It's like, well, you gotta try Tilt Brush. It's kind of like everything about what VR is, is you can find in Tilt Brush. So when you draw something, you can actually walk, walk around it and look at it, it's just still thrilling. Um, there's a couple of pieces I use here called Quill, uh, it's a their drawing program by Oculus. There's sculpting programs where you can actually model things and then print them out with 3D printers. 
Uh, you can paint on them and stuff. Um, there's animation tools now for animating in 3D and dimensionally. Um, and so all that stuff, and, and, and those are pretty low as far as like how much they cost, you know, for what you can do with them. And in the case of like Tilt Brush, you can bring those files into Unity, um, and then you can make your own experiences, which is what I do with it. So it's, it's a nice sort of workflow, and that's only getting better. It's getting better and better, so it's, uh, it's never too late to jump in. But, uh, so Jump in, man! Come yeah, on! I mean, <laughs> as, as, you, as you're both talking, you know, everything that you are saying when you're describing these experiences, it's very descriptive. And you can kind of tell that for you, this is this you know, great thing. Uh, but with VR, it's, it's very difficult to show a video yeah. and convey things like scale and uh, this feeling of immersion. Um, how, how can people get that? I mean, do you, do you think that it's part of the reason why VR is not just skyrocketing right now in popularity is because people can't access that to try? So I definitely think it's um, cost barrier entry. Most people don't have enough money for the headset and the high-end computer that they need to run um, main consumer-level headsets. Um, but with the Oculus Go and the uh, Quest that's coming out, um, I really do think that's going to change by 2020. And the entire industry has kind of given us this weird 2020 benchmark for when it's supposed to take off. Uh, whether or not we hit that is really up to the market, but um, I'm you know, in favor of it. I, I definitely think if you just take the time, start low with like uh, a Google Cardboard and just start that process of learning and then work your way up to when you have the opportunities to try more complex headsets and experiences, that's definitely the way I would go. I mean, Scopeon and I have been doing this since the DK1 was announced. Probably even before, right? No, you, no? you, you before, no I got a DK2. That's where I jumped in. <laughs> okay. So before, like, the big consumer headsets even really hit the market, that's when we, you know, jumped into this. And for us, we didn't have the opportunity to go in on those sort of experiences that you're talking about right now that is available to the general public. I mean, we had very much scaled back experiences available to us at the time, and I think we did just fine. So maybe it's just not really the consumer, it's just the type of people that's getting into it, or the people that have the opportunity to invest the money into uh, the future of the market. 